On today's show, we're talking about the rebranding of a popular Northwest rally, 12 days in the desert, and hot air blowing out of Italy. It's all coming up on this month's episode of The Sound Rider Show. This is Rob from Motofic Group. Welcome to The Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin and whoever else happens Welcome to drop Welcome, riders today. from all over the Pacific Northwest, all over the United States, and all over the world. It is the February 2022 edition of the Soundwriter Show, and you're here with myself, Tom Aaron, the publisher, and Jennifer Poole. Hey, everybody. The podcaster at large. And we are talking motorcycles. We're talking motorcycles in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. And uh, I got some talking points here I want to jump through. Uh, I was working on a calendar the other day, and I bumped into a few events that were participants only. Yeah, tell me more about that, because a lot of what I'm seeing is uh, a lot of places are going back to full capacity events. Uh, I'm, I'm so seeing that, it, too, and, and, I, and I think where I've seen this is in sort of like the smaller events, like the trials events. Okay. Where it's not easy to uh, – first of all, on a trials event, <laughs> if you're going to be a uh, a spectator, you kind of got to walk around a lot in the woods. You do, and wear your hiking boots. We tried to – we went to a trials event in Polsbo, and uh, we sure got our exercise uh, trying to get to, to each of the different uh, stations. Yeah, and there's you know little wetlands and all kinds of stuff you got to tromp through, and you can't go in on your motorcycle because the only guys allowed back there are the guys with the trials bike. So right, you almost need a little BMX bike or something so you can keep up. Yeah, I'd probably sink in the wetland too. I don't know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so yeah, it was um, fun. I, I'm not talking about any of those events here on the show, but if you want to know where they are because you're you're like a trials rider or whatever. Uh, you'll see them on the calendar, and we just got up all the trials events and the ARMA events for the Pacific Northwest for 2022. So the calendar continues to get bigger and bigger, and uh, lots of fun stuff to do out there for sure. Yeah, it's nice to see a lot of those things in uh, March and April too, so we don't have to wait too much longer to uh, get our motorcycle fixed. Yeah. Yeah, you better get, get better get that battery charger on there right now. <laughs> get some air in those tires. You, you know, you know, daylight savings time is a good time to change out your standard air and put in your daylight savings air. There you go. <laughs> or something like that. Sure. <laughs> uh, a little quick discussion of the 2022 Dakar. Since I was laid up for nine days, I uh, had the pleasure of watching a lot of the review days. Fun. And uh, I was intrigued by it. You know, I, 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 of course, I wanted to watch the motorcycles, but I was intrigued by the quads and the side-by-sides. 
But those lorry trucks that the Russian guys are running around in. Those right, are- the Kamaz trucks, yes. I've seen a lot of video footage of that in, in, in my life. Yeah, and they, you know they look a little top-heavy. And then they right. go up over the top of a sand dune, and you think the thing's going to turn on its side and roll down the other side of the hill. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, watching some of that uh, footage uh, for any of the vehicles, but especially those coming up in some of those bridges, that really makes your heart stop for a moment. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and finish watching the rest of the ones that I missed. But I did watch the first few at the beginning, and I definitely got the last couple at the end. Um, So I'm going to go back and finish that up in the next couple of weeks here. It's nice, you know, you just go to YouTube and call up Dakar 2022, and there's usually two versions of each day. There's the one that comes straight from the Dakar Media Group, and then there's the edited-down version that NBC Sports wax away at i watched the uh the highlights from the uh the dakar one the their official ones that they put out instead mm-hmm. of the nbc ones and i i have to tell you i got some re- pretty good chuckles out of some of the the narration and the the jokes and the it was it was clever and fun to listen to yeah it's well a little as, looser uh, than yep. than the nbc yes. one yep yeah it was a lot of fun there were some you know pretty good jokes uh built into the the narrative there that were kind of fun so uh, the winner for the motorcycles was Sam Sunderland from Great Britain on a Ooh. gas gas. Now, right. you know what? That's bizarre because, uh, you know, here I am living in the American bubble and I go to a motorcycle shop that sells gas gas and all I see is little trial spikes around. Right. I didn't know they had this full breadth line of 450s and motocross, but I, you know, I just don't follow all that stuff that closely and didn't realize they had so much other stuff. I didn't either. So that was kind of interesting. And then I wonder uh, if that will actually bring more attention to the rest of that line and maybe the dealers will expand their offerings beyond just the trials bikes and we'll start seeing gas gas as a player up against the KTMs and the Husqvarna's and yeah, some All great that. publicity and uh, some good good credit for them to uh, to to get their bikes in the forefront of people's minds. And uh, Ricky Brabeck was sort of um, predicted to win, but it came in seventh place. And I think most of that he lost a lot of time. He was helping that other guy who broke his neck on the I think it's on the second stage. Oh, I saw the I heard about the the shoulder break. The guy oh, yeah, shoulder, shoulder break. That's yeah, what it the was. shoulder break. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, the the you know the the accidents can be really treacherous out there. Obviously, anywhere, but uh, you know you're, <laughs> you might not have the support you need to to get help right away. Uh, yeah, no, you're out in the middle of the sand dunes like that. I thought I thought the scenery was just beautiful. I thought so too. Yeah, it looked amazing. And you know now with drones and stuff, you get really great camera angles and. Mm-hmm. And I know they got helicopters and stuff out there too, but I like the I yeah, like the that, way when a bike breaks down, how they take care of it. They just chain it up to the helicopter and fly it <laughs> right, out. Right, fly it out. Right? <laughs> 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 I did, you know, if you if if somebody does end up watching more of that footage of some of the other vehicles that you know they do cover some of them, you know, trying to tow each other out of rivers and up the side of the sand dunes, and uh, you know, there's there are a lot of really tricky. Uh, rescue operations going on that that uh, add a whole nother element of danger. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think, uh, the, you know, just run those lorry trucks last and have them go pick up all the carnage out there. <laughs> right. If they don't create their own. <laughs> all right. So that was fun. So if you, you know, anybody who's listening, if you haven't watched the Dakar uh, highlights, I'd say it's worth it. Go, go check Definitely. it out. And then uh, back here at home, uh, working on the February issue of Soundwriter, which will be up shortly in a, in a couple of days. Part of it's up now. And uh, we've got a Kitsap runabout route for all you folks in the Puget Sound who are chomping at the bit to get out. Um, yeah, come on over. There's all kinds of great water views and uh, lots of roadways that, that uh, hug the coast. Now, have well, you had much uh, – for anybody who doesn't know, Jen lives over in the Bremerton area. And uh question is, have you had much ice on the road? Is there a lot of sand on the road over there, or is it fairly oh, clear? Well, uh, part of my tips was going to remind people how sandy be the roads are <laughs> and if you have a you know if we have one of these nice days i've seen quite a few other motorcycles out on some of the the days where it, it got a little bit uh warm and sunny i know those were few few and far between it didn't last as long as i would have liked but i did get out and ride some and and expecting to have some sand and debris on the road i was still stunned and amazed at how much sand was on the road ah, okay. and it, it wasn't even just on the edges it was as though there were places where I, you know it looked like somebody dumped their their kids you know backyard sandbox all, <laughs> all over the whole road. i emptied my litter box out there <laughs> right. is that yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I thought, gosh, next time I take a walk, maybe I'll take a push broom with me and clean some of this wow. up. Um, it, there was quite a bit. And then the other issue, you know, to watch out for, um, I'm, I'm finding some over here a little bit more so on, you know, 101 and Highway 3 and um, is the potholes. The potholes are pretty significant. Um, I think south of us, uh, the Olympia area and parts of Mason County got a lot more snow and rain than we did up here in the Kitsap County. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, the roads really took a beating. And so they're still, you know, a lot of that got fixed, not all of it. And so there are some pretty good potholes out there. And even here in Bremerton, uh, there was a, a pothole that was <laughs> honest to goodness. It was in a parking lot, but uh, you could have drove a Lincoln town car into that thing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, watch, just be prepared for that because uh, the roads got really chewed up. You want to put like 21-inch dual sport tires on your sport <laughs> right. bike? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was really glad that I saw some of those. You know, I wouldn't want to be driving around here at night uh, without, uh, you know, knowing the roads because uh, I'll tell you, some of the hazards out there, if you're not prepared for them, can really mess you up. Well, and we have done this as a tip and trick before, but but it doesn't hurt to repeat it again. It's it's 2022 now, folks, and we all got these phones, and you can put an app in your phone, and for pretty much almost any major county around, you can uh, feed back to them where the potholes are and report them so they get do get patched. In, uh, yeah, in, it's a in good Seattle, idea, we get those, plenty, yep. you know. So, mm-hmm. And then, you know, keep in mind, too, obviously, you know, the, the when – uh, four-wheel vehicles on the road, their tire tracks are pretty consistent for the most part. And, you know, with the motorcycle, you can be anywhere in the lane. And so some of those potholes in the center of the road might not get a whole lot of attention unless <laughs> unless we report them because we're the ones that are going to dip into them. And, and part of this ride that I put together is it's more about the scenery. It's not about trying to have a performance ride out there. And particularly now, you don't want to 
go around a corner and pop into a pothole. Right. So or a sand pit. <laughs> keep your eyes up and looking way ahead. Yeah, but that's a great route that you put together. And, uh, you know, there are really uh, beautiful areas over here. And if you haven't been exploring, uh, you've got some a stop and, or I don't know, I guess you can stop wherever you want. But uh, you mentioned Seabeck and uh, Kingston and uh, uh, I forget what are some of the other spots that you Well, that you down by well, you. Port, even yeah, and Port Orchard. Um, we were talking a little bit about uh, Manchester State Park. Mm-hmm. That's got the uh, the old uh, torpedo storage facility that was used by the Navy once upon a time. So if uh, you know if that sort of thing if, uh, is of interest, it's a really neat park. And uh, yeah, there's all, all kinds of. And you don't have to pay to get to in. You can. Here. I think you can just drive in and drive around. Unless you're going to take a camping site. Uh, there's a day picnic area in there. I know that too. Yes. Yep. So. Yeah, and Seabeck has some really pretty little uh, spots to, uh, you know, pull over and check out the view. And what's that little sandwich shop down by the Manit Bridge? Oh, I don't think that's there anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one changed owners a couple different times, and I don't know if there's anything in there right now. Mm. Um, there are a few restaurants down in Manette at the uh, bottom of the bridge there, and um, like the boat shed is still there, and they've got, I mean, I realize it's a little too cold now, but they do have outdoor seating, so on a nicer day, you could sit outside. Um, so, there, yeah, there's there's a few, at least half a dozen um small restaurants and i didn't really uh line list any restaurants or anything because they do change all the time right and right. Uh, i just said you know when you're in this area there are restaurants around here so do yes. a little exploring and find yeah, something and it, that suits right. you and and they're clustered together in a way too to make that relatively easy you can just go by smell <laughs> sight and smell and find the place that uh, yeah. that looks smells the most appealing all righty well Let's uh, let's take a little break, and we got a long list of news bites to get to when we come back. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by I ninety Motorsports, your east side destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I ninety Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side by sides too. Check them out online today at i90motorsports.com. Hi, my name is Dan Muir. I'm from Silverdale, Washington. I ride, among other bikes, an R1150GS, and my favorite local ride is to uh, head up to Port Townsend in the afternoon just for a cup of coffee. This is David Christensen with Tucker Rocky, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show. Tom Barron, the publisher, here with Jennifer Poole. Hey. And we are going to pop into the News Bites portion. And the first bullet point here is that it appears this year that Pendleton Bike Week will finally resume again. It's going to okay. be in July. Uh, and it's not going to be Pendleton Bike Week anymore. They're changing the name to the Pendleton Run. 
Okay. And, and so it's only a two-day event, which is just Friday and Saturday. Uh, all the details are on the website. There's plenty of rides. Uh, there's there's going to be a live concert this year with Blue Oyster Cult. Okay. Uh, I don't think they'll allow you to bring your own cowbell into the stadium, but uh, anyways. Uh, and then, oh yeah, and then they're going to have a flat track race too. Oh, fun. So, That's great. There's plenty going on for the two days, and I guess they don't count Sunday as an official day, but that uh, there should be camping and that sort of thing in that area. I have camped at that event before, but then you just pop on your bike on Sunday and leave. What is what do they have in the way of campgrounds for that event? Well, when I did it, it was uh, at the little convention center in the back by the stadium. They have okay. a camping area, cool. and they have both uh, RV hookups, and then they have uh, tent camping. And when I went, the RVs were sold out prior to the event. So take a look on the website if you're thinking of taking an RV and and book it now or book something nearby. There's probably other RV. There's lots and lots of hotels in Pendleton. Right, right. Um, My favorite thing to do in Pendleton is to go down and get the prime rib (laughs) at the – oh, what's that? You know that little restaurant in there, that old – I haven't been to Pendleton in at least a few years. It's called Hanley Steakhouse. Did you say 50 years or only like 40? A a few. Yeah, right. (laughs) A few years. A few years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Hamley Steakhouse. That that is the prime rib. It's just delicious. And it's consistently delicious. So we go to Pendleton, but not not during the bike week. But we go because there is places that we like to go eat around there like that. And then there's uh, a barbecue place in town that has rattlesnake. Really wow. good. Wow, you're not going to find that too many places. Mm-mm. So that's what's going on with the Pendleton Bike Week. So then I thought, well, what's happened to the Baker City Motorcycle Rally? And I clicked on the link for the website, and a big red screen came up and said, this site is not safe. Uh-oh. And then I looked at their Facebook page, and they hadn't posted anything since March of 2021. So uh, I think it's safe to say it may be defunct or maybe they just haven't got it lit up yet this year. I don't know. Okay. All right. What time? So that's the when does that usually happen? Uh, that's or, usually in July as well. July. Okay. They used to do it in June and it rained every time. <laughs> you ever been out of the Chief Joseph rally in Oregon? I have not. So that uh, one's like guaranteed to get a rainstorm at some point. <laughs> and that was what was going on. So then they moved the, the the Hell's Canyon rally over to July, and they had excessive heat. Right. And they still got rained on, too. Right. So. right. <laughs> you just can't win. <laughs> no. You just got to be prepared for anything. And I think there was a squid bloom in Baker City. That, oh, no. That, that's a different thing. Okay. Sure. Uh, Anyways, uh, tell us about the AMA-USMCA partnership. Yeah, I read about this in the American Motorcyclist Association magazine. So the the AMA and the USMCA, so that's the United States Motorcycle Coaching Association, have uh, formed a partnership to have uh, coaches certified for motorcycle training and um, from based on the article that that arose out of 
uh, a need for uh, coach certification to uh, to help with legitimizing coaches for the industry, particularly for uh, for coaching kids, right? And so you wouldn't necessarily want to. It's a little. I think it's a little bit different for adults, right? I mean, for a long time in the industry, if we haven't had uh, a huge demand or development of coaching certification programs, um, you know, as an adult, I can go to uh, you know a, any writer course, and you know, it, it either it's well done and well run, and you know, I have a great experience, or you know, it doesn't, and I you know leave a bad review or you know whatever. But um, in this case, you know, it, it gives some credibility for. Uh, for the industry and for the coaching and then also some assurances for parents that, you know, if you're sending your kid to uh, one of these programs, uh, you know, from, from, you know, the little kids all the way up through high school, um, you know that the, you know, you'll know that the coaches have first aid and CPR training and that they, you know, that they have, um, you know, that they've, they've been vetted and that they've had background checks. And so it, it makes it, I think it provides a pathway for, um, you know, confidence in, in some of these programs, training programs, so that, um, you know, people know what they're getting and they know what to expect and, and they have confidence that, um, you know, that somebody's looking out for some kind of, uh, you know, assurances that, that they're going to have, um, you know, a great opportunity right. for, for training and coaching. So, and, and, you um, know, coaching goes way beyond like an MSF instructor. Uh, right. Some people may not see it that way, but there's, there's kids dirt bike schools and there's dual sport training and there's all kinds of different training that's out there. And so I guess this is like sort of a universal way to bring them together. And, and then by involving the AMA, uh, I don't know what the benefit of that is, but I guess it probably gives USMCA a little bit more of a profile. Sure, and for both of them, you know, the AMA will get more members through the, you know, the the members of the the USMCA, and then you know the other way around. So AMA sanctioned competition schools will have certified coaches, and so you know they can help each other, uh, you know, bring membership up in both areas and advance the the coaching and the you know the competitive uh, aspects of of motorcycling. And um, seems like you know it'll help both organizations uh, further develop and grow and grow the sport. Yeah. All right. So that's happening. Um, Crocker Motorcycle. Did an auction? There was a, a one of their bikes went up for auction. Sold I think, for or it, or or it's going up for auction soon potentially, and and there's speculation that it might hit a million dollars. So it, <laughs> I think it might be the uh, maybe the first and only motorcycle to hit the million mark wow. on an auction, right? Well, uh, so you didn't know a whole lot about Albert Crocker, so I have uh, I have some information here for great, you. Great, I never heard of it. And it look, all I saw was that the last one was uh, uh, maybe 1942 was the last time uh, one of those rolled out of production. Yeah, they actually uh, actual production occurred between 1934 and 1941. And uh, Mr. Crocker uh, was originally a dealer. He, he sold – well, he was actually a, a designer and a writer for Thor in oh, the cool. teens and then later became an Indian dealer in Denver. And then uh, he went to Kansas City, and he was a representative for Indian Nair, 
Later, he opened up a Indian franchise in Los Angeles, and then he he was also an engineer. So he he saw a hole in the market for a lightweight flat track bike. So he started okay. to develop 500cc single-cylinder flat-track bikes. Wow. And after a couple of years of that, he decided that he would go ahead and create a, uh, a V-twin road bike. And did that in 1936 and continued to produce those up until 1941. And, yeah, they were really small amounts that he – trickled out each year sure. and uh, yeah. eventually Harley Davidson just kind of stuck a nail in his coffin and that was the end right. of it because he couldn't compete with them. But sure. uh, at the time, the, uh, the, the, the later road bikes uh, had a price tag of 500 to $550. Oh, wow. But now you can get one for a million if you want to go to the Right, auction. right, right. Just a little <laughs> bit of a price increase. Yeah, the, what I saw that uh, the speculation is that there's only about 50 of them existing in the world. So it's a, a pretty rare item to get a hold of. I don't remember ever having one in our show during uh, the International Motorcycle Show. I don't ever remember having one in. I could go back and look it up. It doesn't matter anyways. But, uh, yeah, they're rare. And uh, I th- I'm sure there's one or two people in the VME locally who have them. Could be. Could be. Uh, and I bet you Jay Leno has three. <laughs> You're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mentioned uh, one of the – I think one of the uh, – oh, one of the earlier podcasts I did with you, uh, the there's a, a Harley dealer out in Indiana who's got a lot of rare. He's got a museum and a lot of rare bikes in that museum and unusual stuff. And I I didn't you know if he's got a cracker out there, I didn't. It didn't. Uh, it, there's so many interesting things out there. It didn't uh, didn't uh, stick in my brain, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if they had one out there too. Hmm. Interesting. So you got some numbers for us on Ducati. Yeah, Ducati posted record sales in 2021. Uh, they had uh, 59,447 units sold worldwide, uh, over 9,000 in the U.S. Uh, this was an article out of uh, Rider Magazine. And uh, let's see, I did make a little note of the the top sellers that they had. Um, but yeah, they, a really great year for Ducati. And, and uh, uh, oh, it was the Multistrada V4 uh, they had more than ten thousand of those sold worldwide. Wow! And then after I know, right? And then the Scrambler eight hundred and the Monster. Uh, so first, second, and third in terms of sales. But uh, well, I, had I a do really like great year. that Multistrada V four. I just think that the technology on it is just would have my head spinning. <laughs> right, right. Because you know, you, yeah. it's got like five different ride modes: it's got a city mode, and a freeway <laughs> mode, and a highway mode, and and. Uh, you know, what if you forget to switch out a city mode when you get on the freeway? What will the bike do? Will it just burn tons of fuel? I don't know. <laughs> could be. Yeah, Ducati had a really uh, good year with the uh, MotoGP in 2021. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that contributed to their sales. It seems likely that it would have. But, uh, yeah, they did really well in 2021. It's nice to see uh, any any of the motorcycles, uh, motorcycle dealers and brands uh, doing well. It's It's good news for all of us. And and speaking of Ducati and MotoGP, tell us about Mr. Petrucci. Oh yeah, so uh, so Danilo Petrucci, he 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 raced it. So MotoGP racer on KTM, and he raced in the Dakar Rally, <laughs> and he 
and he won one of the stages. I want to say that was maybe stage three. He's the first MotoGP rider to to win a stage in the um, in the Dakar Rally. Overall, he you know he didn't come in in the top ten by any stretch, but uh, you know did really well for uh <laughs> for just going from uh you know moto gp and jumping into dakar and so yeah dakar um, is i yeah. mean you know dakar is like 12 days right and, and right. you get one day off in between i think the eighth day you yep. get a day yep. off and, and long days and uh, you know and and yeah. uh yeah he i i read uh one of the articles i read he had you know he'd spent time growing up on uh you know dirt bikes and motocross and all that and um, you know, road race. I mean, he's got, you know, all kinds of riding in his background and, and dreamed of, uh, you know, for a long time of, of being in the Dakar. So, um, you know, huge hats off to him for, for that achievement. And, um, and he's coming over to the, the U S to race in Moto America. So, um, so if you get out to the Ridge when Moto America comes to Shelton, then you'll get to see him race in, uh, in Moto America. Cool. Um, so yeah, a cool. lot of fun. It's really great that uh, that uh, we'll get to see him here. So Alpen Stars shows up at the CES show in Las Vegas. Hey, right. shows off an airbag system. Yeah, they have some a few different uh, airbagging systems, including I, I think they were featured both uh, off road and and uh, street models um but uh yeah it was it, what's interesting about that is just that the consumer electronics show isn't necessarily where you would expect to see motorcycle uh technology developments <laughs> so and you know whether uh, why will you know will we see more and more of that and you know I, i'm sure there are still also uh you know uh launching products and demonstrating things at motorcycle shows but is the airbag um, system is that something that's in a vest on the rider or is that something that's on the motorcycle i think the the it's it's on the it's in the suit that the rider wears i think the off-road one was a vest and then i think the other ones that they um i might be forgetting or getting this wrong a little bit but the other two that they um that they um released were uh i think they were full riding suits for road racers um okay. but i think the off i think the off-road one was was a vest the vest design okay uh let's see uh harley davidson and vance and hines are committing significant contingency funds to flat track racing this year are they doing it independently or together independently yeah because so, i was say they kind of yep. don't like each other right right yeah, I think uh, Harley Davidson is committing. Uh, I want to say five hundred thousand or more to uh, to flat track racing, and and then Vance and Hines, uh, I think it was over two hundred thousand. So uh, that's a, a huge boost for uh, flat track racing, and um, uh, you know it's, that's going to be. I, I feel like that. I feel like flat track racing is really on the upswing in terms of getting more events and more spectators and more popularity. So uh, you know it'll be. It should be easier to get out to some of those events and find out about them and and uh, spectate at those where, um, you know, in the past, those might have been a little bit harder to find out about unless you were racing in them or you knew somebody racing in them. So it's cool to see that getting more popular and accessible. Yeah, I'd like to see it come back to the Northwest, you know, the national mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you you can go to flat track racing pretty much any weekend up mm-hmm. here in the Pacific Northwest. But uh, if we could get back the Seattle Mile or something like that, that would be cool. Yeah, and maybe with, uh, you know, more 
more support and more people getting involved, some of that uh, will come back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, I had that in there twice. Okay. Uh, BMW K1600 models uh, have a rear link strut recall, and this affects 1600 units in North America. And I think it's like the 2020, 2021 models. Okay. And it's like everyone in the line. Wow. So if you got one, take it in because the strut can fail and then the rear of the bike will land on the rear wheel and that's not a good idea. Yep, no good. Take care of those recalls. Could cause injury or death. Um, and then I bumped in an article on MV Agusta. And MV Agusta is going to come with two dual sport models. Okay. Called the Lucky Explorer ADV series. All right. Tell us more about those. It's got a middle CC, I think it's a 550, and then a larger 1000 or 900. Uh, and they're, they, they've done these in conjunction with the people who are working with Benelli on putting their ADV bikes together. Okay. Which we're just starting to get a glimpse of here in the U.S. now. Right. So uh, the guy predicts he, he – well, he says he has 15,000 pre-orders already. <laughs> Is that uh, globally? <laughs> I think it's got to be globally. But even yeah. at 15,000, that would, that would put him at you know a quarter of Ducati sales. Right. And they're just not right. that big of a company. So Well, uh, and now Ducati's got the Desert X coming out. Yeah. Available. That's already available. But uh, yeah. Hmm. I'll be, be interested to see what the price points are on these. Are they going to be up there in the thirty thousand dollar range, like their sport bikes, or are they going to be down in like you know ten to fifteen thousand dollar range? I would guess the latter of the two. Yeah, there's but just more know. and more competition in that market. So, uh, but he does say they will build them in Italy. So, okay, all right. So that's what's happening. That's our news bites. Um, Let's take a little break here so I can discipline my cat from playing with the headphone cable, <laughs> and we'll be right back with the calendar. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety. Featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hi, this is Ian. I live in Seattle. I ride a Kawasaki Versus, and this summer I'm going to be riding off-road in the Oregon desert. Hi, this is Scott from Orion Americas, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Welcome back to the Soundwriter Show. You got Tom Mirren, the publisher here, together with Jennifer Poole. Hello. And we are going to run down the calendar for this month and a few things coming up in the future as well. Uh, 
first one that, that and by the way, there's a lot more on the calendar. I just don't have all the, the you know, we don't cover all the club meetings and the, the monthly this and that stuff every time. So uh, the full calendar is at soundwriter.com. Just click on the link for the calendar. Uh, but the first highlight here is going to be on September, February 12th. NASBA Snow Bike Series, Round 3 in Bend, Oregon. So uh, they just had the Round 2 a week ago, and it was uh, minus 4 degrees Ooh. in Idaho. Ooh. Is which, this, this, and this is a, a track, this is not an oval. This is a some kind of track like a like a supermoto kind of track. It's or, like, a, like a, I think it's like a slalom-style course. That oh, they okay. build out in the forest. Fun. So um, you would think with, with minus four degrees that maybe a lot right. of people would stay home, right? You'd think. And they ended up Although, having 1,652 spectators stay the whole time. You know, uh, folks in Idaho are probably prepared for that kind of, those kind of temperatures. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so good for them, and so uh, this one will be down in Bend, Oregon, and, and they've been getting lots of snow down there, so that's good, because I know there's been years when they've done the snow bike series, and it's like, well, we, didn't, we weren't able to do that one, because <laughs> it was all sand, but uh, well, that'll be coming up. bring your up. hot cocoa. Yeah, bring your the, hot cocoa. Yeah. If you're not doing anything on the 12th of February, drive to Bend, Oregon, watch the races. <laughs> Uh, link for all these things that we're talking about are available on the Soundwriter calendar page. Uh, Friday, February 18th, the Wyoming BDR movie having its first showing here in the Pacific Northwest at the shop down in Soto, former yeah. location of where they used to do Backfire Moto for a while. Uh and so it'll be dinner at 5 o'clock. They have a full-service restaurant in there. And then the movie is going to run at 7.30. Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know what BDR stands for, that's the Backcountry Discovery Route, and they've developed the uh, Wyoming Route. So that's a new route on the, uh, on the, on the menu of, of BDR routes, and yep. uh, they're, they're showing off the highlights. It's like the 12th one, I think. Yeah, like they're that. they're really making great progress in uh, opening up, uh, uh, you know, those those routes for for motorcyclists and supporting the local economies through a lot of these small towns in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, if you're uh, chopping at the bit for a poker run, uh, make your way to Albany, Oregon, on February twentieth, Sunday. It will be the annual Chili Buns Run, and. Uh, it starts off somewhere in Albany, and then it ends up at a uh, – I think it's like a Lions Club or something like that. Okay. But they, they'll have food and all that available. So that's happening. Um, March 1st is going to be the official start date for the 2022 Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour. Hooray! going to be uh, – and by the way, I'm going to send you packages here. So if you want to go out Excellent. and ride some of them, you can. Fun. Yeah, looking forward to that. And every everybody can be a winner. So I don't see you know why I wouldn't give you a plaque if you hit all 15 <laughs> locations like I would anybody else. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you've got uh, you've done your your homework and you've got all the places picked out and the so you've got scenic routes and great restaurants and cafes and uh, it's uh, yeah. It's, I haven't done any of that yet. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> the clock's ticking, I like buddy. To, I like to wait until February to put <laughs> sure. it together. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. The the anticipation builds. Uh, Saturday, March 5th, up in the Reader Foothills here in Washington, up in Skagit County, we've got uh, a trials competition going on. Fun, yeah. Which uh, I'm kind of glad to hear it's in the foothills because they, they used to do it in the pit. And I know there's some other areas around there to ride, so it sounds like they're expanding out beyond the Reader Pit. Yeah, I haven't been out to the, the Reader Foothills or the pit Um yeah, is that are there other things going on out there? Is that specifically for motorcycling? It's a- well, it's one of those DNR lands. Okay. So okay. yeah, you can legally go ride a dirt bike out there. You can legally go ride a trials bike out there, and there is a, a whole paved road that goes between there and uh, up to Index. Okay. So if you want to go on your road bike and be a spectator, you could, and then uh, you can you know you got access in and out on the paved road. So. Great. All right. Go check out the Gas Gas Trials bikes. And there's a, a little um, – look like they're trying to open up this little lodge. I don't know if it's open yet, but I know they were working on bringing it back to life the last couple of years. Uh, and they're going to have a little restaurant in there, and then there's accommodations upstairs. And, nice. Uh, just kind of bringing back an old – looks kind of like an old logging camp in, in Old Town Index. Yeah, make a weekend out of it. So, uh, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, uh, Sunday, March 6th, it's the beginning of MotoGP. Tell us all yep. about it. Yeah, they they kick off the race season in March, and uh, they start in Qatar. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've lots of changes, and, um, you know, we'll see some new riders this year and, you know, some that have come up from uh, from the other leagues. And, yeah, lots of changes and, you know, people switching their teams and (laughs) so and and you know it's it's been very very interesting there's there's no uh, you know it's it's almost anybody's race really um there's a lot of really strong competition and uh you know that there's just no expectation that somebody's going to run away with the title and and leave everybody else in the dust it's it's going to be a pretty exciting race season so i'm looking forward to that and that'll run all the way until december is that right uh oh no I don't think I don't think it runs that not late that I don't I don't yeah no not quite that far I seem to remember the the series wound up last year probably I don't know maybe it was oh, the end of November you're right they had some issues last year with moving some things around and different having to change venues and countries and um, I think they'll be able to stick to their planned schedule this year and and i can't remember off the top of my head when that ends it might be november okay well that's and i'm sure it's on the website so yep and we'll get this added in uh let's see okay and then on uh thursday friday march 10th and 11th 
We got the Daytona 200 Moto America. Yeah, and Moto America will be racing twins. They'll be racing the baggers and then the hooligans. (laughs) So you'll, you know, I I think this is the first time you'll see a bagger up on the banked, (laughs) up down the banked track for, you know, so it should be uh, pretty interesting and exciting for the racers and the spectators. So, uh, well, they did the bagger thing for what, the last two years, but they really didn't like do a profile thing with it, right? Right. So the baggers is a kind of a race within that series. And I want to say last year, I think they only did four races this year. They've expanded it to six and I think they're doing it. They might be doing a double header at Daytona. So, um, now that's and where I, Harley Davidson ought to put their contingency money. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it should be, it's, it's amazing to see those, <laughs> those big, heavy bikes getting ridden, you know, at, at high speed and uh oh my gosh maneuvering around it, it's really uh quite the sight to see if you haven't i want to see out. the crash reel oh man i don't think any of them i don't recall any of them crashing uh uh last year in the um but boy it, it is uh amazing to see what those bikes can do and with uh you know skilled committed racers yeah. <laughs> riding them <laughs> It's quite a spectacle. And and then I just want to do a little shout out for uh, Moto America is also bringing back the Royal Enfield um, bike build program. So it's uh, uh, women racers building bikes and racing them. And I, they do a kind of a series within the Moto America series. Do too. they have to do it with a Royal Enfield? I, I believe so. Okay. <laughs> Although I don't know. I'm, I could be wrong about that, but I think they... They give them project bikes and, um, uh, and the, the women uh, wrench on them and then get out and race them. So it's hmm. a, a great experience for them and, and fun to watch that as well. So I actually, I like I like the lineup in the Royal Enfield. I like the the you mm-hmm. know the sort of custom street cafes and stuff that they have right now. Mm-hmm. They look good. I, I don't know yeah. how, how long yeah, they'd last out on the road, but <laughs> they are cool looking. You're trading your Tenere for a uh, for that Royal Enfield uh, <laughs> Himalayan, right? Yeah, you know, uh, I we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I really still kind of have my eye on that Aprilia Touring. Um, so, but yeah, the the Tenere, uh, you know, um, it's so tall. It's just so tall. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lower model. But you didn't get that one. I didn't get that because it's for my husband. Right. So and he's plenty tall for it. But uh, you know, meanwhile, it's it's a bit tall for me. <laughs> All right. And then on uh, Friday, eleventh through Sunday, the thirteenth of March, the return of the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show in Spokane. Yeah, head out to Spokane. That's a what three day event, and they'll have. Uh, uh, Indoor and outdoor activities going on, or at least they usually do. They usually have some stunt uh, yeah, riders. Yeah, it's mostly and indoor, outside. but they might have some mm-hmm. stunt riders and maybe mm-hmm. have the Cossacks outside. Sure. Uh, yeah. But they do it at the fairground, and that's a nice fairground out there. They seem to keep it up. Some people don't keep their fairgrounds up. Other people True, do. True, yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing about that, you know, there's plenty of parking and, uh, yeah, it's just uh, Friday and Friday through Sunday, March 25th through the 27th will be the Tokyo Motorcycle Show. All right. Check it out online or take a long flight. Yeah, take a long flight or re- wind up the YouTube. <laughs> um, Saturday the 26th, this is a little bit early this year, we're going to have Supercross in Seattle. We haven't had that for two years. Right, right. 
So yeah, that'll that'll return to the uh, I don't know what they call that field now, Lumen Lumen Field. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's always a good spectacle. I, we did go one year. It's been a while, but uh, lots of lots of explosions and like the start uh, of that race uh, is is really exciting. You know, they they're all kinds of fires and things. It pretty much always sells out, so you do want to get your tickets now. Yeah, it's quite a spectacle and uh, very entertaining. And then uh, April 2nd through the 3rd is going to be the Desert 100 out in Odessa, the return of the Desert 100. All right. Have you gone to that? I have not. I have not either. We'll have to add it to the must-do list this year. I don't have a dust buster big enough to clean up after that. (laughs) It's quite a dusty thing that happens out there. Uh, So uh, if you do go, just remember that, uh, you know, if you leave your window open on your car or something like that, you're in a lot of dust in your vehicle. Sure. You got to love that, uh, the the off-road and the dust events where you end up exfoliating your teeth and you could just chew dirt the whole way home. Somebody suggested to me one time that I should go out and be a vendor. And then later in the conversation, they told me how dusty it was. And I said, do you think I really want to go (laughs) and clean off all the stuff I didn't sell when I get home? Exactly. Because that's what you have to do. Right. Right. So... All right, we don't have an interview portion this month on the show, so we are going to take a little break, and when we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com. Hi, I'm Ron Fox. I live on the Kitsap Peninsula in the town of Polsbo. My favorite ride down here is the Vista House. The curves are great, the road is in great shape, and it is fun. Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Brown from Seattle Cycle Center, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Welcome back to the Soundwriter Show. Tom Marin and Jennifer Poole here with some tips and tricks. Take it away, Tom. I got a tip. Um, it's still winter, but things are going to start happening, and you're going to start moving around. And the question is, when does your bike need its next service? And I don't actually know the answer to that myself on my bikes because I haven't been looking at them at all for a couple of months. <laughs> So uh, this is a great time to uh, pull out your your manual. Uh, I tend to keep an Excel spreadsheet for my bikes because uh, at the one time when I had five bikes, I, it was the only way I could keep up with what had to be right. done with. Yeah, it's a, yep, it's a good idea. And there's other things. When you make an Excel spreadsheet, you can add stuff in that's not in your owner's manual, like when True. to check wheel bearings, when to check steering bearings. Those are not in in the typical maintenance lineup. That's a good point. So uh, my tip is figure it out, figure out what your mileage is, figure out when you're going to need service, 
And that's really important because, like, uh, you know, check that chain. And uh, that way, if you decide to go to a rally early on, you know, I was thinking, one of our first rallies here is going to be like the Tour Tech Rally. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to go in there and then roll twenty thousand on your bike when you're supposed to actually be taking it in that weekend and getting it worked <laughs> right. on. So uh, get it sorted out, get the bike ready, so you have a pleasant time when you're out there on the road. Well, and to tack on to that too, if you are if you take your bike to the shop for service, if you get one of these nice days, uh, you know, ride your get your bike into the shop and uh, have them have them take care of it when they're not so busy. Because once spring rolls around, they're they're gonna they're gonna be really jammed up. And, That's uh, right. Take longer. And with the worker shortages that are going on everywhere else, I imagine we're going to see some service shortages as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yeah, well, I was going to, for my tip and trick, I was just going to remind people to be prepared for all of the sand in the potholes. But since we talked about that already, I've got one other tip, and that is, uh, you know, if you are registering for events, uh, make sure that you review the cancellation policies carefully. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of event uh, hosts and, and sponsors have, have been pretty generous over the last couple of years with cancellation policies, and I'm seeing some of those start to uh, go get back to being a little bit more strict. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so make sure you're paying attention to that and not just defaulting with the expectation that that those are going to remain super flexible and generous and uh, just be prepared to uh, mark deadlines and and things that you want to keep in mind if uh, if you're thinking about uh, registering to get an early bird but then you you know you might decide that uh, you're not able to make it for some reason or another so just make sure you're paying attention and read the fine print and um, you know we always had a uh, an advance rate on the rally in the gorge, and then we always had a walk up rate. And and really, right. what the walk up rate was was you were paying a little bit more, but that was an insurance premium right there that you paid because uh, because you paid when you got there, you paid a little more. But but the fact that you could have had something happen just ahead of time, and you would have lost your early bird money. Uh, right. So, you know, it's it's worth it to, you know, but of course, you know, like if some events are going to max out, you need to get the early bird thing. Right, right. So. Yeah, get your registrations in before they fill up. All righty. Well, that is our February show. And uh, we'll be back here in March with another loaded list of things to talk about. And uh, probably going to have some interviews coming up here over the next couple of months as well. So thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you in March. Bye, everybody. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show. 